Hello, listeners, and welcome to Mostly Murder, But Sometimes Not, a podcast where four siblings watch, read, listen to, consume in some way mysteries, mayhem, murder, crimes, heists, and the like. For this episode, we watched Season 1, Episode 1 of the British adaptation of the Wallander novels, and we recorded in March of 2018. Warnings for this episode are many, and they include self-harm, talk of suicide, incestual abuse, human trafficking, murder, Native American stereotypes, including scalping, and car accident stories. As always, the Count of Penises segment is henceforth known as the Patriarchy Bullshit Scale, and you can find further information about that and the podcast in general on our website, mostlymurderbutsometimesnot.com. That should be everything, so thank you for listening and enjoy. You are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Catherine, the encyclopedia, Carolyn, the bookworm, Madeline, the wild card, and Mackenzie, the eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception, and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, and join us for mostly murder, but sometimes not. Welcome everybody to Mostly Murder, but sometimes not. I'm your host for this episode, Mac O'Brien, and with me are my three siblings in order from coolest to lamest. Caddy! Caddy! <laughs> <laughs> you fell for my trap. That's okay, I can edit me first. Oh! <laughs> Oh, crap. That is that, true. That's <laughs> the advantage of editing. Oh, well, that man. means that you've said that you're not first. Oh, wait, you can edit that. She can edit us into all agreeing with that assessment. <laughs> yes, Gary, yes you are point. the coolest. Gary is the coolest. <laughs> I have the uh, ball. I don't know uh, why I was a robot and not auto-tuned. <laughs> So, uh, this week, uh, we did the very first episode of the BBC uh, show Wallander. Wallander was a 2008 detective show about aging detective Kurt Wallander with the Ystad Police Department, dealing with the dual responsibilities of investigating Swedish murders and managing his complicated family life. In the first episode, titled Sidetracked, the episode begins with Wallander checking in on a simple farmer's call about a woman in his field, which quickly escalates when she sets herself on fire. In the midst of investigating who she is and where she came from, Wallander gets sidetracked by the dual murders of a prominent politician and a high-end art dealer, who had both been killed and scalped. After getting rumors from an alcoholic former reporter that the two men knew each other, Wallander butted heads with the newly hired profiler. The investigation hits a snag when a low-life criminal is found dead, killed in a similar way, except with his eyes burned by acid. After speaking to the criminal's clearly abused family, a fourth body was found, that of a high-end white-collar criminal, uh, famous for throwing secretive sex parties for Sweden's elite. Following a series of heavy scenes where the art dealer's teenage daughter attempts suicide, the criminal's teenage daughter was revealed to be comatose, and one of the sex parties' prostitutes came forward to identify all four victims as having been connected in an intricate sex trafficking racket and identifying the leader as a former policeman. Uh, using the form of policeman as bait to catch the serial killer, Wallander's suspicions are proven right when the teenage son of the low-life criminal, dressed in the face paint of a Native American warrior, arrives to take revenge for his sister, one of the victims of the sex trafficking ring. 
Wallander ends up having to shoot and kill the young man before he can kill the former policeman. Throughout Wrong. the episode... What? He's not dead. What? Let him finish. He was had his spiel going. Sorry. Finish Throughout the, the episode, we see Wallander dealing with the upcoming birthday of his estranged father, who reveals after a violent incident that he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. The episode ends with a powerful scene of Wallander breaking down in front of his father over the stress of his recent life. Now you can interrupt. Okay. That's I don't think really okay. interrupting. What? So it's not really interrupting. It's correcting. But um, I guess anything we say is always interrupting each other, isn't it? Accurate. <laughs> um, Mac, did you write that or did you find that somewhere? I wrote, I wrote it down. I like that. He has That's to like, write it for his head. Otherwise, you know, it could maybe someone could get carried away and go longer than two minutes. I mean, Accurate. I would never. Also, no. you know, I don't want to. I don't want to just read a summary that I found online because it's not my words. You true. time it, don't you? You practice no. and time it. No, I don't. Sometimes it goes wow. forward minutes. You practice. Anyway, I don't think he killed him at the end, right? He didn't. She said he's okay. Yeah. Sarah, oh. the one character. Yeah, he didn't die. He, sh- he shoulder shot him. Yeah. You know how yeah. police are trained to shoot people to incapacitate and not kill? Yeah. You know, they are in Sweden. Even That's though thing. Uh, accuracy, even in trained professionals, is like 30% or something. Oh, yeah. We're well, not getting into that a... on this podcast. No. That's for our other podcasts. Oh, man. Social uh, It's set to come out in 2025. <laughs> yeah. So, a year after this one comes out. <laughs> so, how long did it take you guys to realize this took place in Sweden? A long Longer time. Longer than I want to admit. Immediately, I knew, because well, I've seen this before. I was going to say... <laughs> Carrie, you watched it. Have the other? Have you guys seen this before? I've no. never seen it. I've seen a commercial for it. Does that count? <laughs> I know. I've seen commercials for it, and I knew about it, but I I did not know all. I, this is literally all I knew about it. Kenneth Branagh was in it. Same. Tom yeah. Hiddleston was in it. That's why I, I watched it. I didn't even it. know that. Yeah, I was I like think- Hiddles. Yeah, yeah. Know, immediately What's going he on? pops in. He's like, "Oh, that's going to be hard looking that up," and then he leaves. Yeah. Um. I wa- When did I see this? I think I saw this in like 2010. So it's been a while. Um. But yeah, no, I was confused too about whether or not it was in the UK because it was. I wrote down right when the uh, politician guy was like watching his own interview on TV or whatever, I was like, is this supposed to be the UK? And then he said Sweden as I was writing that. So I wrote, okay, Sweden. I didn't (laughs) really honestly pick it up until the scene in after the the, um, politician guy gets killed by the lake because they show a clip of the newspaper and the newspaper was all written in Swedish. Yeah. Even though it had, like, CSI Miami and Jay Leno is, like, on the TV listings, which I thought was really funny. What? What? Yeah, I don't know why. I was, like, I didn't notice that. I looked, yeah. So, like, they panned over to one of the, to the TV listings, because he was trying to see what he was watching before he was shot, or, or scalped, or whatever. Yeah. But it, everything else was in Swedish, and I was like, oh, I guess this is a sweet, like, even though it's the British adaptation, it's still... 
the Swedish, like, set in Sweden, and everyone has a Swedish name and all that stuff. Yeah, because it was was based on a book. What? I think I kind of thought about it when the credits came along, because they're in, like, the colors of the Swedish flag. Like, the blue and yellow. Well, Um, I thought of it because of all the names. (laughs) (laughs) Magnusson. Holgersson. Wallander. Um, what's the name of the place they're from? Jansk. 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 I don't know. Wait, what's their police station thing? Hold up, Yestad. Yestad. Yestad, not Jansk. (laughs) Jansk. They're they're close. (laughs) Yeah, I speak Swedish. I don't. I should speak Swedish. I've watched enough Melody Festival and Oh, man, I thought that. you were going to make a Swedish chef joke. <laughs> I've also watched a lot of Muppets, but that's not that's here nor there. probably a little offensive. Oh, yeah. Well, what, the Swedish chef? I'm going to yeah. say not, only because I have absolutely seen a Eurovision set in Sweden where they had a song about the best of Sweden, and there were dancing meatballs like in the song. So I feel like they take who they are <laughs> and who they're seen as culturally. Like, they don't take it as seriously as... Well, I think, I mean, what do meatballs have to do with the Swedish chef? I'm just saying, like, in terms of other cultures viewing Sweden. Mm. Yeah, Swedish stereotypes. They they definitely talked about Swedish fish. They definitely had Mm. meatballs. Obviously, there were tons of Ikea jokes. And I think there were murder jokes, but uh, this was a couple (laughs) years ago. Yeah, because it was during Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Times. Hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of really chill people in Sweden. I'd say it's the second biggest plus about their country. Get out of town, Carrie. Do you get it? No. Because the flag's a big plus. <laughs> their their flag is a plus. Their flag's a big plus. Oh. It it's also a cross. It's a big plus that it's a cross. From where it's a really. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they just keep coming. They I just hate keep you all. We're gonna run out of Sweden jokes eventually. Like at okay, some point, let's talk about dry. this show. Let's talk about murder. Yes, I see that, Katie. How it's do you know that? I don't. It's probably in my brain somewhere. I feel like that's the second flag I learned. <laughs> to be fair, Manny, well, I probably really only fair. know like four flags. I can. I know a the lot Maltese of flags. Flag. I can kind of go, like, I think that flag's somewhere in Africa, but I can't really go farther than that. I know Canada, and I know France, and I know Mexico, and I know probably... Welcome to Flag Talk! You Very good, Carrie! <laughs> the Union Jack! Ten <laughs> points for Gryffindor! I'm a Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. I'm giving yeah, ten points to me for being <laughs> nice to you. Thanks. We're not all Ravenclaw, Maddie's a Gryffindor. Oh yeah, Gryffindor. I I changed. I was a Hufflepuff in high school on Pottermore, and then I took it after I started grad school. We did a thing where we took all the tests again on Pottermore and like other places. And every time I was a Ravenclaw, and I was like, Pottermore's been around that long. Can you change? I yeah. Well, whenever Pottermore first started, I was a Hufflepuff, but now like I was a Ravenclaw, and I like had a literally questioned my identity and then i remembered something about how dumbledore thinks that people sometimes get sorted too early and i was like 
Okay. Thanks, Dumbledore. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, so let's get into this. One of the bigger focuses on the show was the main character, Wallander. What were you guys' takes on him? Are you kidding me? One of the main focuses? He was the whole show. That bugged me. Like, I did not like this. Because he tortured man pain over and over and over again? Yes! Literally, the yeah. second thing I wrote was, yes, let's focus on the man pain. This woman burned herself in front of me. Oh no, poor me. I'm so sad. Like, every single character wrote- was, like existed to support him like his daughter what does she do what's her story i don't know these other police people what are they we don't even know their roles like everything is about this stupid man (laughs) wow (laughs) the second thing i wrote was uh and the first scene when he was like coming back from the murder and was talking about how there's no good in this world and he looks out and there's a couple of people fighting on the sidewalk it's like I know you're angsty, but you're a police officer. Break up that freaking fight. I know. To be fair, it is called Wallander and it's the pilot. But I 100% agree with you. Like, I mean, you can absolutely have people who have their own stories and personalities within an hour and a half of television. Yes, I mean, prop- sh- go ahead. Sherlock is about Sherlock Holmes, but we know a lot about the people around him. And that's true. Huh, it just bugged me a lot. <laughs> the show. My was favorite like, thing is that Mrs. Hudson smokes pot. Yes. <laughs> the show was so centrally like aligned around this guy. He's the only person I mentioned in my entire summary. Everybody else was police guy, high end criminal, low end criminal, and profiler. Yeah. I thought. I think all of mine are about not him. Because <laughs> I'm like, except my first one. My first one's what a downer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the tagline for this show and then yes. <laughs> yeah he's a super downer and then I'm like if the lights don't work don't go in the dark you know Yeah, yeah. I was about yeah, to no. say that guy whose light went out he went all the way out to the beach is his fuse box in the beach no he didn't it, go out to the fuse box I think he was, he was like, being, like dramatic Reflective. Yeah. I would get a like day for night vibes, like on Her Majesty's Secret Service style, where they were like shooting that in the middle of the day and then like changed. Like I don't know if that was a lighting or I think that was a choice or just like it was weird. I was like, I feel like we're past this. <laughs> you can yeah. shoot at the beach in the dark now. There was just a lot I didn't like about this. Now, do you but- think that's just coming from? where we are as a society right now in the age of 2018. No, because I didn't like it the first time I watched it either. Oh. <laughs> but don't. I, I think I can articulate it more now. Katie, okay. don't date the podcast because this is probably going to come out in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But at least people know where we're coming from now. Exactly. The time where we Who's are. Gonna, which one of us is going to run for president in 2020? Carrie. Uh. No, my my fingers on my nose. I burped. Well, it should not. Be <laughs> I should be our next president. I, yeah, I was about to say. Honestly, hey, out of all I of us, I feel like Maddie. Vote. <laughs> oh, Mac, I understand that. Wait, I didn't yeah, hear it. I think dogs should be able to vote. They should. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I mean, actually, if a dog no, doesn't like a person, that's a bad person. Yes, no, exactly. no, 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 okay. but dogs do we're like talk- bad people. 
Dogs like people. Dogs like people who pet them, and bad people can pet dogs. But dogs can get a scent of anyone who treats them badly. Well, yeah. What about the eagle? What about that one eagle? (laughs) I know, right? I was thinking about that eagle. America hated him immediately. (laughs) No, but that eagle should be our president. If you treat dogs poorly, you shouldn't be president. Which is probably why Trump doesn't have one, because he doesn't care about dogs. That's 100% true. He doesn't care about uh, dogs? Mike no. He doesn't care about anyone. Well, no, he doesn't care about anyone except himself. He is, like, super germaphobe, so he wouldn't be able to handle a pet. Mike Pence does have a bunny. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, what's that bunny's name, uh, Carrie? Marlon Bundo. Yeah. The gay bunny. I haven't read his gay love story, so I don't know if he has a husband, but I know that he was in love with another male bunny, so. I'm pretty sure he was trying to get married and then a stink bug who bears a striking resemblance to the vice president told him he couldn't. Yes, exactly. I think bunnies just like to hump everything, and if they don't have. I think bunnies should be able to vote! Okay, so All let's right. go anyway, on to this. Back, back anyway. to Wallander. Okay, Carrie, and, uh, please tell us how much you hate. Please tell us how much you hate uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. Well, it's just like everything relates back to him and his tragic life, his tragedy. He, he's using it as behavior as like a way to excuse his behavior, which it should not. The fact yeah. that he is yelling at a widow right after she finds out her, even though we now know that like. The art dealer definitely like abused his daughter sexually. The fact that the police thinks that that he he can just yell at this woman right after her husband dies, or the fact that he just breaks into their house, yeah, after okay. like that cannot be legal after the suicide attempt. Yeah. How many houses did he break into? Because I'm pretty sure the answer was three. Well, three. I don't know if he really broke into the Lars the. the yeah, Lars's house, the low-life criminal. No, he was a reporter. House. No, he definitely burst in. And the oh, he definitely like, broke what into are you Lars. Doing here? Yeah, the reporter guy. I mean, like he was going there to see him. He just like went inside and helped him when he was That's lying on the floor. That's not necessarily breaking in, though. You're right, but yeah. still, like he's so There's two and a half, maybe. Very lax about doors. Even at the end, when he's suspicious of Nicholas Holt. He's asking his brother if his sister was sexually abused. Like, yeah, you should not be just doing that in the middle of the day. And like, Nicholas a- Holt is the actor's name, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't yeah. know what the normal kid's name is. So. Oh, by the way, the kid from uh, Warm Bodies was in this. Everybody. What yeah. Bodies. I, I was trying to figure that's out. our go-to. Does he it's always just- wear eyeliner? <laughs> no, just when he's a zombie and or uh, he's got such great eyelashes. Americans, yeah. yeah, he does. Very nice. Um, I thought it was no, it was him. When uh, Wallander was asking him about uh, his sister, and he was acting shifty. That's why uh, yeah. I knew, but I kind of suspected it the moment I saw him, and I was not sure if it was because I felt it was stunt casting. Or not, because, like, I wasn't sure if he was, like, a known actor at that point. I don't think it would be stunt casting yet, because it was, like, before, I I mean, 2008 was, I mean, because he was in Skins. When I, did Skins started in 2008, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. 
And this came out in the fall, so, like, they probably knew by the time that came out, but they didn't know when they were, like, shooting it. And the yeah. only other thing he did was that Hugh Grant movie. It's a Hugh Grant movie. About a boy. I haven't seen that one. It's pretty Not good. Um, I Robot? Yeah. Is it a mystery? He's an iRobot? No. I think Max said that he hadn't seen it either. Max, did you say something about a robot? So, to get some context delirious. here, my sister's not feeling very well at the moment. <laughs> Maddie's getting She's over the flu. I, yeah. <laughs> you can tell by my notes, too. Oh, no. <laughs> Weird that they're all Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's actually, amazing. No, that's exactly how I write. Do I have the flu? <laughs> uh, no, like, I mean... Did I not realize it was set in Sweden? And then, Clay not really hurting zombie look. <laughs> no, it, it did not hurt his zombie Well, look. yeah, the uh, the kid, the, the kid who plays the zombie in Warm Bodies, who ends up being the murderer, wears Clay as part of, like, his, um, his dual May personality. Say, yeah, his dual per he's not a dual personality. He's just culturally uh what is it appro yeah, he's just appropriating Native American culture in order he to might kill sixty fourth, you don't know. Well, Native I, American culture even. Like there's not a ton of No, he's like, English. Think- he's not Native American anything. <laughs> this is very true. Um, I mean no, I, I mean he's Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> Let me speak! Sorry. It's okay. Well, a couple things, because that came up just in the past two minutes. Um, I've never heard of the legend about scalping freeing a soul, and um, I forget what the other one was. Oh my god, no, where was it? Sorry, my bee. Uh, We're talking about clay and appropriation. Oh, the um, <laughs> psychologist guy. Because uh, he was like, he has two personalities. Like, the the profiler, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is why I said it so derisively before. Um, that was another thing. Like, I don't understand why they all hate the profiler. Like, automatically, they're like, oh, we're gonna have to call in a profiler. Nobody wants that. Because he's coming from the big bad city, and he thinks he's gonna be better. And I'm like... And then they're just like, oh, he's he might be a, better. A dead body he might be and he's better. Cute. There's a reason he's in the big bad city. Yeah. yeah. Even though he has terrible glasses. Yeah. And then it's like, he's treated very effeminately. Like, he has like the white wine. He throws up at dead bodies. He's like, like, per- portrayed as like weak. And then yeah. he just gives Wallander insight about his own life. And then Wallander's like, no, don't use the things you've learned. Don't look stuff up. Use your instincts. And then, like, later on, the guy is like, my instinct says. And it's like, don't listen to Wallander. He's an idiot. Use your training. (laughs) Use your brain. Yeah, exactly. Don't follow your heart. It was just ridiculous how... I don't... I'm mad. I have no words. I hate everything about this. Everything? What? No, get mad and use your words. That makes I good did. content. There was literally nothing about this that I liked. Like, there what, was what some... is good about it? 
Well, I got mad me. about a lot of points. No, I'm not going to okay. convince you because I, I know a lot of what you're saying. I was joking. <laughs> but one thing that bothered me in the very beginning when they were talking about how the girl, um, like, when she sets herself on fire in the beginning, and he's like, which, to be fair, has got to be tra- like problematic mm. and traumatic for him. So there is a reason for all the man pain, but also he makes it all about himself, mostly. Yeah. But when they're talking about the things like kids these days, and they're like, oh, well, there's just a lot of self-harm now. And I yeah. was just kind of like, first of all, that's a ridiculous thing to say. I feel like there's kind of always been some sort of self-harm. In, but a lot of times people just didn't live long enough for it to like factor into their mental state, if that makes sense. Or even to what? have their mental state examined like that. Right. Like, like these darn kids and their self-harm these days. La, 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 la. Like, it's very like, dismissive. That that book that I read, The Accidents and Death in Early Modern London. <laughs> but like super yes. academic, super oh fascinating book. But a lot of them talk about there are tons of deaths by suicide in the Thames. And they pull out a lot of bodies, and it's like, there's not a lot of, people just, instead of self-harming, would just kill themselves, like, literally. And they, most of the time, they couldn't prove that they were accidents or not, but the amount of bodies pulled out of the Thames, even in, like, the 1600s, it's like, kids these days just don't know how to kill themselves properly. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, awful. Back in I my bet- day, we used to kill ourselves the old-fashioned like, that's way. literally what he's saying, almost. Like, I bet that a lot of the, like, back in the day, self-harm would end up being a suicide, because there weren't ways to save people. Like, the medicine That's true. around. Yeah. Yeah. You would poison and just, yeah. Like, cutting, getting probably blood. Or, he's like, yeah, like, blood transfusions, or... Yeah. By the way, I still have that postcard you sent me with all the deaths in uh, old-timey England. Uh, what uh-huh. was suicide called back then? Because so far, all I'm seeing is surfet with 49. Surfet? Like surfet? Forfeit, but with surf instead of four. Surfet? No. If you see something that looks like an F, it actually is usually an S in the oldie. I think it's surfet? alphabetical. Mac, so, I should look, so I should look for fooified. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's only one S, Mac. It's a C in the middle. They didn't call it suicide, suicide though, because suicide was a crime against God. Okay, so I should look for a crime against God. I well, would like, just look for like accidental I'm, or unknown. All I'm seeing is confumption. Confumption. <laughs> That's look up like unknown. The TB oh. unknown. No, it um, wouldn't be unknown. No, it doesn't look like there's an unknown. There's a kill by a fall from the belfry at Al Hallows, the Great King Fivel. That sure is, that could be. I mean, there you go. That's probably that could be a suicide. That's probably a suicide. Falling from the bell tower, you mean or thrown off from the bell tower. That's true. <laughs> anyway, it could also apply to burnt in his bed by a candle at St. Giles Cripplegate. I mean, they were probably just reading and fell asleep and smoking. <laughs> or that. smoking anyway. in bed. Anyway, everyone, all these old men and judging people for killing themselves is bullshit. I'm really curious. Okay, so, um, Wallander, or Kenneth Branagh, 
Did he direct this? No. No. Maybe? That's the no of somebody. No, because I was watching the credits and it was definitely directed not by him. Okay. I'm just like, I'm curious about this adaptation versus the other adaptation versus the book, like the book. Because I want to know where this like like self-focus came from. Not that we have an associate with Sweden with narcissism. It's no. probably it's called Wallander. It's probably very close to being about Wallander. Well, it can be about somebody without obliterating everybody else. That's yeah, true. The Harry Potter books are literally named after Harry Potter, but there's a lot of stuff that doesn't involve oh, him. Oh man. Yeah. When Harry Neville Potter is basically the story of a bunch of people having a regular war and then also there's this kid. <laughs> it's just like it, and it every everything served him. You know, like there was like the lady um after the politician was murdered and partially scalped, she was like anything you need. I I'll talk to the press. Anything you need. Let me know. Blah blah blah. And her then chief, I was like the chief. Yeah. She's the chief of police. We should know more about her. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know I she was the chief. From her perspective. What's her name? I don't know her name. Holgerson. Exactly. And it's just like yeah, it's all they said about nobody's Kurt. name except Wallander and the daughter Linda, Linda, and also ah, I, I actually, think that one creepy guy. I had the uh, subtitles on, which Same. is how I know most people's names other than Wallander. I did not. They never said Hiddleston's name. I don't think Magnus. Can I just mention? I love that Tom Hiddleston had the same haircut in this show that I had when I was fourteen. Just I loved all his curly hair. and everywhere. Oh, his hair was way better than yours. Young. Sorry, yeah, baby. In this no, show. his hair is oh, better. No, I never said it was. I never said mine was better. I you said, said he just had the same one. You said exact same. It is not when the exact did Thor same. Thor come out? Was this before or after Thor? It was before. You've got entirely different hairlines, brah. Yeah, no, but Tom, like, I think he's being set up as the uncaring foil to Kurt's bleeding heart, is what I wrote down. Smarty pants over here. Yeah, carrying foil to Kurt's bleeding heart. I mean, because he's just like clearly a caricature of like the young upstart who wants to like help out with the big cases. He wants the glory. Wallander's gonna teach him a lesson of like everyone deserves to have like blah blah blah. Yeah, like well, I feel like you kind of have to give him credit for being like. So <clears throat> this this girl who is 15 years old and killed herself by lighting herself on fire deserves yeah. attention too. Yes, except yeah. Wallander gives her basically zero attention. So it's just I, that's just like I feel like that's like a writing thing. It's not It is a writing thing, but it's proved out in the action. Yeah, they didn't actually focus all that much on her throughout the episode. It was like, we need to focus on this young girl. Take this locket. Find out something about her. And then when they find out her identity, it's like, okay, on to these dead bodies. When they mentioned her name later on in the episode, I was literally like, who? Because they never made it a big deal that they found out her name and all that stuff. It is called Sidetrack, so there's that. But, like, (laughs) the... It just... It didn't come across as genuine. Because... Wallander didn't do anything about it, but then he, like, berates Tom's character for wanting to, like, help with a different case that's more high profile. It was stupid. Yeah. Everything was stupid. (laughs) 
Well, hmm. I want to talk about um one thing I actually did really like is the design. But I think that has more to do with Sweden itself than the design. <laughs> like, because yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Even though a lot of it felt very 70s, even though it's set in modern day. I don't know if that's, like, just because Swedish design is very, like, wooden, like, wainscoting and clean lines and, like, that kind of stuff. But even, like, in his new house, his chairs are very, like, 70s Eames and his, like... The police station, I think, had some really cool wall designs. But it definitely felt very Swedish. I liked it, yeah. But honestly, I was like, that's probably the best thing about it, was the design. And it's me yeah. because it's in Sweden. So they can't even so take credit. Like, Sweden. like, it's still yeah. very 70s. Even, like, his daughter's eyeshadow. Like, why is it so blue? It is no longer Wasn't it 70s. green? I thought it, it was green. green. It was green and blue at different times. Like, but all around her eye. And I was like, what? You're not in ABBA. Like, <laughs> it kind of looked like the Swedish answer to Laura Dern. No. No. I could see that. But I think it's you're just seeing, like, the hair. And the yeah. fact that she's blonde and white. Um, I yeah. thought it was a cool thing, or well, not a cool thing, but an interesting thing to think. If these guys hadn't died and all these crimes, like, because murder is a crime, hadn't happened, then they wouldn't have found those girls in the, like, retired policeman's house, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, these crimes happened, but still, these guys were killed, and also, these women were saved. Yeah. And probably future so, uh, women. <laughs> politeness off. Uh, I did think the end. I'm going. Like, I liked kind of, even though it's more man pain, I did kind of like that moral dilemma of like, we are going to use this absolute shithead police guy as bait because we do have to catch this guy who's murdering people even though he's murdering people who are awful and maybe should not be around anymore at least in society the fact that he was like please don't do this and blah 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 and when he moves to like hit the policeman he has to take the shot and I think that kind of moral like choice of like this is technically my job even though I don't want to hurt this boy necessarily. He is about to murder someone and that technically is illegal. <laughs> yeah. I, I There's a little there's like a darker part of me that's kind of on that kid's side. I mean those men absolutely are disgusting and I'm kind of glad that he brought out what they were doing into light but at the same time like maybe you shouldn't hit people in the head with an axe. I don't know I have very complicated. And then scalp them. Because there are some men that I probably would hit in the head with an axe. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. I, okay, I wanna, I also wanna put this down. This is our first appearance of the stereotypical victim in the back of an ambulance with a blanket and a cup of water. What? What? Oh, the women. It's a trope in a bunch of crime shows. Oh, yeah. It's like, we just rescued these victims. Let's put a bunch of orange blankets on them, put them in the back of an ambulance, and give them a small cup of water. Is this really the first time? I think so, yeah. What do you mean? The first time for what? 
on our podcast that we've encountered this trope that's oh. actually based in reality because of course if you've been held in like a basement you're gonna want some like water and blankets I know. I want some water and blankets right now, and I'm not even. There's a lot of processes involving, like, helping people after they've been abducted, but the only one that TV shows ever show us is here's a blanket, here's a cup of water, sit on that ambulance. Okay. Um, I think. What else did I have to say? Oh, I thought the weird light sculptures were super weird. Weird light sculptures? Yeah, at the second murder. It felt very odd. I was Those kind of triangle light sculptures. It kind of, I mean, like, it set the the scene as, uh, you know, the art guy's house. Like, ooh, this is avant-garde. This is, I'm a, an art collector. I'm high class, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, but it was just annoying. I'm going to creepily talk to a woman in the first two minutes that you see me, just so you know what kind of person I am. Yeah. True. Oh! I just got the light sculptures. <laughs> they were cool. <laughs> I like them, yeah. I was on board with that. Oh, I was not. I kind of want them. I think because it, like, bothered my sensibilities of, like, this, like, old traditional house. And then Maddie, can you not do that to your can? I'm almost done. There it's really loud. Oh, sorry. I'll get I'll get rid of it. All right, Katie, go on with your dissidence thing. Oh, I just didn't. I don't know. I'm all fine with like taking some historical things and updating them for a modern age, but like that just felt like they just took all these like weird sculptures and plopped them on a lawn rather than like thinking about how it works with the landscape and the. But maybe that is just this guy being a tool. I mean, yeah, well, he, if he, he's a terrible person, so he would have tacky taste in art. <laughs> Evidenced by his creepy painting of his daughter, which as soon as I saw that, I was like, he abused her. He that abused her. Pedophile. Literally the moment I saw that painting. Yeah, yeah, no, that was like, there is fear in this child's eyes, and she's wearing a see-through shirt and just underpants. Yeah. This is, yeah. Our, this is our moment for mostly murder, but sometimes not piece of advice. If you ever encounter a person... And they have a definitely sexualized painting of their daughter in their living room. Call it up. Like, let's say our current president. We're always going to bring this back. It just it permeates our culture currently. But yeah, especially if you angrily go through Twitter every night. <clears throat> Scroll. I've been. <laughs> I've been trying to stop. <laughs> Me too. I'm cutting but down. I, I haven't even used my Twitter account in years because I know that's the kind of environment that exists there. I well, go the thing with is you strictly just visual elements. Unfollow people. Yeah. I actually I don't. I just go through Instagram and look at puppies. Mm. Or I have to say, last night. Episode? What? Can I mention one small thing in this episode that kind of bothered me? Sure. That's the whole point so, of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like we we're just complaining it. about this. I we feel should like just the change of- the name. One small thing in this episode that kind of bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. We should make a rule at the end. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to make all of y'all say one nice thing about this this episode. Okay. Okay. Cool. So the one small thing that bothered me uh, was <laughs> the politician. 
he was watching like a video, right? Not live TV, a video of him talking about the assassination of the Swedish prime minister. I know what you're going to say. And he clearly got past that point in the episode, right? Yep. Yeah. And then he left. He went outside. And then he got murdered. Right? Yep. Why is that same moment on the TV afterwards? Either the killer would have to reverse the tape so that way the detective could see it at the exact moment when he was talking about something topical, or this is just bad filmmaking. Bad filmmaking. Or it's just news shows clips of the same thing over and over and over and over and over all the time. Or he's just seeing what's on his DVR. Like, what was he watching right before he got killed? Nope, it no, was... that came on right when he turned it on. And also, no DVR. This was one of those TVs that had the play button on it. This is old tech, my friend. Yep, it was bad filmmaking. It should have started when the guy stopped it, and it did not. Well, then. He, he didn't rewind it, the detective didn't rewind it, the killer didn't rewind it. Was it a Harry, news clip, or was it Harry just, like, a thing? My anal retentedness. It was a news clip or something. Yeah. Um... Well, if it's news, then I feel like it's legit that they show no. the same thing. It was a tape that the politician had of himself in an interview because he, like, chuckled at the one moment when he made, like, that joke. And I was like, yeah. okay, I see, like, he laughed at his own joke. He's a douchebag. Didn't then, catch that. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, when I edit these things, I laugh at my jokes. I know. It's like I laugh at my jokes. <laughs> You're all a douchebag. What is that? You're about a douchebag. We're all douchebags. But I don't Welcome like douche county. I don't sit around and listen to myself talk and like laugh about it just for fun. Like I'm doing it to edit the podcast. <laughs> it serves a purpose. Sure. And if I happen to get at <laughs> all of my own jokes, <laughs> then who is it harming? <laughs> I didn't. Go to sex parties that um, sex trafficked women went to. So that's a plus in the column for there. There you go, oh, Carrie. Me. You <laughs> should run for president. Sensual sex parties. I deserve to <laughs> laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> Mac, I don't want to know what you just said, but I'm pretty sure it's what I think you just said. I think I know what he said. <laughs> I missed it. I know we all did because we were all talking. It's exactly what you thought it was. Okay. Oh, God. Um, was anyone else distracted by, I don't know if I liked it or if I didn't because it was so distracting, but the cinematography had some beautiful moments of like wide shots and landscapes and then also weird moments of like reflections. There was a lot of shots of things reflecting off of other things and faces reflecting and then matched up with these, like, odd echoey soundscapes, and I was like, are they trying to be, like, artistic and stark and, like, Swedish? Or are they just, like, this is what the DP chose? Or, like, I don't know, I, I think just found with the a DP, lot of reflection. Um, the director of photography, sorry. There you go, thanks, we're not all in the biz. <laughs> yep, I'm so into the biz. Yep. Uh, I think part of it was just they were using, like, what they had. They had Sweden, they had the gorgeous landscapes, um, and it was very stark. Um, I was looking at Wikipedia for this to find out when it was published, the book, 1995, by the way. Not the 70s. 
Um, Interesting. And it says that the novels have an underlying question, what went wrong with Swedish society? Which is like, it kind of like reflects that stark, um, like the whole thing is, uh, oh, the world, so dark, blah, blah, you know, like everything's bad and wrong now. kind of saying that because they started this process of globalization, it's inviting bad things into their society. Yeah. Which, you know, coming from that guy. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it was probably a choice from the director of photography to create that sense. Austerity, almost, of, like, bleakness. Yeah, exactly. I want to take a moment to applaud the two actual heroes uh, in this story. Uh, the drunk reporter who goes after the truth, regardless of how much people discredit him. Yeah. And actually and did all the work. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah, gave yeah. him all the information. Yeah. Yeah, and the other person who did all the work, uh, the uh, the prostitute uh, who was from the sex, sex party, who came forward and was like, "Hey, yeah, all these people in the uh, sorry sex worker. I don't have Thank negative you. connotations around the word prostitute, so I use it." I know, I but other my... people do. So the sex worker Thank who you. comes forward, despite the fact that she has so much to lose, including a teenage daughter, comes forward and says, "Yeah." All those guys, all those victims of the scalper, they were the they were the attendees of this creepy little sex party. And you know yeah. what? I'm also going to point the finger at the guy who is in charge of this all, even though uh, he is somebody who could very well do a lot of harm to me and my family. Yeah. I also think that the daughter is one of the heroes because she spends the time. The art dealer. No, no, no. Um, his daughter. The Brano's daughter. Linda, or whatever. Oh it yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because, I thought I it mean, was Ruth for half a second, but apparently it's Linda. Uh, because she spends time with her grandpa. She notices that something is wrong. She tries to do something about it, and nobody listens to her, which sucks. Um, we should take everybody's opinions as valid and whatever. Um, but yeah, no, so I would agree, I would agree with your first two heroes, and I would add Linda. Yeah, I did yeah. really Linda like goes on yeah, the, list. the well, reporter, and I think it's kind of sucky, like, that someone who went after the actual truth just got pushed out because of Can I get a crime show with just those three? <laughs> Actually, um, let me see. I want to get this right. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get our sex worker and uh, sex worker um, detective show finally? No, we are not. Okay, so Linda is the daughter of Kurt Wallander, who follows in his footsteps as a police officer. Really? Um, well, I the, didn't know that. The um, author began an intended trilogy of novels with her as the protagonist, but then the actress who played the character in the Swedish TV series—not this TV series, the Swedish one. The actress um, uh, died by suicide, so the author decided to abandon the series after the first novel. Dang. Wow. Yeah. So, um, obviously, she was enough of a character to make books about. Um, Carrie, did you watch more than this episode of Wallander? Yes. 
I watched all the ones that were out at the time. I think um, it was through season three at that point. Well, there's like only four seasons. On the show, do you feel like your opinion on the show changed from when you watched it back then to when you watched it now? I don't think my opinion changed. I think I just understood it more. Because so, do they explore the other characters at all later on? Like, is it just because this is a pilot that we kind of focus on Wallander and stuff, and then we find out more about everyone else's motivations and lives later? I honestly don't remember. I don't think that we learn a whole lot. Because I don't remember. Really? Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a bummer, because I, one thing, this is one really good thing I think about this show is everyone is excellent in it I think like say what you will about the story and the writing but Kenneth Branagh is an amazing actor yeah he is and I think he does really well in this role (laughs) and including even like I really like the woman who plays Sarah Smart who plays the like other not the chief of police but like the other woman the other cop from Doctor Who yes I think she's a fantastic actress and, like, even, like, the side characters were all excellent. Every one of them. The acting was very good in that. They all deserved more to do. Yeah. That reporter yeah. guy was great. Like, yeah. I was watching the scene with him in the bar with the cool, like, um, well, not cool, but just, like, the playing cards the and casino? stuff on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And he just had such a great, interesting face, and I think he did really well with the role. He's the only one you can kind of get a sense of who he is and what his life is like. And Wallander enables him. He gives him a bottle of vodka, even though he finds him passed out on the floor. The guy's going to get vodka from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't just give him that. I mean, I probably would have accompanied it with, like, a Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) I got hydrate. a cocktail for you, my man. But like, make sure you hydrate, my friend. The guy, the guy wouldn't have liked just a Gatorade, and he was very helpful. Like he yeah. solved the case for Kurt. He basically, basically yeah. like Sandin and this and blah. Yeah. Um. I Is he in don't... later episodes? What? Is he in later episodes? The reporter. I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. Like the so I clearly don't... the show didn't make a huge impact on you. <laughs> no, I remember at some point there's like a a standoff between um, Kenneth Branagh and Tom Hiddleston, and I don't remember if Tom like did something bad and like had to go to jail. He's only wow. in the first two seasons. When I looked up the show yesterday, I yeah. think he invaded New York. Ha ha. Ha, ha ha. No, but like, he did something he wasn't supposed to, and I feel like they had like guns on each other. I don't know. Um, but I, and I think they, in this episode, they hint at a relationship between Kurt and like the other cop lady. Yeah. And I don't r- remember if that's followed up on at all. So know. basically, you don't remember anything. Yeah, I am useless here. She is too young. I looked it up. Okay, so I don't know about the characters' ages, but the actors' ages. Kenneth Branagh um, is 17 years older than her. And according to the rule of eight, whatever, because isn't it like half your age 
plus eight. Half your age plus eight. Yeah. So um, she's a year too young. I mean, she's a year too than... young. Well, because he's in two thousand eight, he was forty eight, and she was thirty one. So um, ha- the half the age plus eight thing is thirty two. So, so it's young. not even socially so acceptable. The youngest person I could feasibly date would be nineteen and a half. Yes. Gross. Why is that uh, gross? Twenty-three. I would never date a twenty-three-year-old. Nineteen-year-olds don't know anything. I mean, nineteen-year-olds can yeah, be very wise people. You are a queen. Nothing. We learned a lot about what teenagers are capable of yesterday. That's that is true. Uh, for context: Yesterday yeah. was a March for Our Lives situation. Uh, just dating this further, this took place in uh, March 2018, so enjoy listening to that in your weird... See, that's one of the reasons future. I want to keep Twitter around, is to read about things that are good. Yeah. And stuff. Just Speaking of things that are good, Katie already uh, said her nice thing, so, Karen. Wait, I have one other nice thing! I said a nice thing! Katie. Actually, two things. One thing I want to mention, that I, I have never noticed this it might have been in other crime shows but i watched a fair amount of crime shows this is the only one i've noticed that they have like crime scene privacy screens like around the crime scene so that other people aren't looking at the body and also it's harder to contaminate the scene i kind of really appreciated that especially for like if you're in the middle of a city to have these like privacy screens around because that's true. I remember like driving by a car accident once and seeing a body laying on the ground, and I have still am traumatized because like I could see like the paramedics trying to help the person. Wow! And like just in the middle of a parking lot next to like the Dollar Tree in Fort Gratiot, like it was bad. I don't. Know, when was this? I was driving to work one day, oh. and there was like an accident in that parking lot, and like. There was a motorcycle on the road and like a car against the side and like Jeez. just out in the middle of nowhere. And I well, get it, like you're not gonna put up a privacy screen if you're getting to a scene of an accident trying to save someone. But like that could be traumatizing for people and I appreciated that the Swedish police decided to screen yeah. this off. Well, it was in the middle of a field, so you'd have to try real hard to get there to be traumatized. But also I think it is partly also to do with the uh, crime scene from keeping people from walking all around. And also, I, f- I feel like when I saw it, my thought was that it was probably not going to protect it too much from the elements. You not know? from the elements, no, but like from people walking around. Um, That's what I thought it would be for. Uh, and then plus, you know, respect for the dead and their family. Like, you yeah. don't want... Um, like the the person's like even cousin or nephew like opening up the newspaper and seeing like the mutilated body of their relative let alone like a spouse or or child yeah or parent even like that art dealer like he was right in their lawn so for them to have seen him yeah even though he was not a good person i didn't really think about that with the privacy screens but i appreciate them now more than i did yeah. So and see, like, hard. I can't think of another show I've noticed them on. Mm. Well, or even, like, in real them. life where I've noticed them. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking for them now. 
Um, you know, when you're driving past crime scenes. <laughs> yeah. Katie did? Um, I don't know. It was more an accident scene than a crime scene, but still. I mean, d- depending on how the accident happened, it could be a crime scene. That's true. So here's my good thing besides the acting and the some of the design. Mm-hmm. I liked that. So we know, I know that you don't like that it's all about Wallander. But I like that the show is exploring him and his personal relationships. And I liked the scene when he goes to see his dad in the jail. I liked that the director and the editing choices allowed the scene to breathe. Like, there were longer moments of silence than there usually are in a television show. And I liked that they allowed the moments between the actors to just happen. So... You don't see that a lot, and maybe it's partly because they have an hour and a half to play with rather than 42 minutes, mm-hmm. but I like that they allowed these kind of moments, the familial moments even, like with him and his daughter and stuff, like, to feel real. To feel familial, yeah. Not as scripted, because I mean... um when I mean, just l- look at us talking. Like, sometimes there are moments of silence. Sometimes there's us talking all no, we'll, together. No, we'll edit those out. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit those out. <laughs> we're we're a perfect there family. Was like, there was there was a five minute silence after my weird joke. <laughs> yeah, which weird joke? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but like there, it 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 has a natural feel, which yeah, is good. and I liked that they allowed. Because that's good for actors, even. Actors like to have the space to explore characters. And, like, especially for someone like Kenneth Branagh, who's so, like, Shakespearean trained and, like... You know, it's And really that guy, f- who plays his dad, is also really good. He's in, like, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I recognize that guy. It's really funny. I have um a thing on my, like, list of YouTube videos, like, to watch later... Because yeah. um, there was, like, an actor who was, like, giving us a, a talk or whatever. He was talking about Shakespeare's English, and he does something with uh, how it would sound. Like, he um, – yes, you've seen that, I've Katie. seen it. Oh, my gosh. It's fascinating. Facial expression. Our listeners – what? That's how it sounded. It sounded kind of weirdly Irish. No, say it I'm again. Drunk. No, no, no. Speak the speech of radio trippingly on the tongue. It's something, yeah, I don't remember, but, um, like, there was a moment, um, when he talks about kind of the spacing of silences and stuff about, uh, with Shakespeare, because it's like the iambic pentameter and, like, even the breaks have that rhythm. Like, so it's like, you need the that stuff. speech are there for a reason. Yes, they're there for yeah. a reason. They have a rhythm, they have a purpose, and so. I think we're seeing that might be why we're seeing that here. Yeah. Because they are like so Shakespeareanly trained. I mean that first guy too, his dad has done Shakespeare. And Star Trek, so and you find Titanic. a lot of overlap. Yeah. I'm literally just about. looking up all the stuff on his IMDB. I didn't realize what? he was in Twin Peaks until I looked him up yesterday. Who was he plays in Tom- Twin Peaks? He plays Thomas Eckhart or Eckhart or whatever, like Josie's dead husband guy oh uh, yes yeah also uh, right, captain nice planet thing. he is in a lot of stuff captain planet captain planet he's a hero, he's a hero. yep hell yeah wow all right um, 
I already Wait. said my good thing. I said it, that it thing? made you think about, like, the nature of the crimes. How if he hadn't killed those men who were evil, uh, then those women wouldn't have been saved. Yeah. So it's okay. kind of like weird vigilante justice, which wasn't even his objective. You know, he didn't go there to save those women. I don't think he even knew they were there. He just wanted to kill yeah. those guys. So well, I didn't even notice that there was a lock on the outside of that door. The the whole thing with um I mean his purpose was to save his sister's soul. Like it it wasn't logical. It didn't make sense to us, but to him he was like if I take these men and I kill them and like take their scalps off or whatever, then my sister will be okay again. So yeah. That that was his purpose. It wasn't like, I need to kill these guys. I I want you guys to know, I would totally kill and scalp four people for you. Please don't. Hell yeah. If they were pedophiles. I would prefer, I'll I'll put this on the record here, I'd prefer that you just restrain them physically and turn them over to the police with sufficient evidence to put them in jail forever. (laughs) No, well, yeah, put them in jail and then my ghost will haunt their ass forever. (laughs) Woo! Woo-woo! <laughs> That's my ghost Woo-woo. sound. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have more ghosts that do that? Woo-woo! Because they're all troubled. <laughs> well, where's the millennial ghosts? I mean, we should be coming around, like, doing our kickflips and skateboards. I mean, we don't know that they're not. Perhaps the uh, physical plane that they're on, when the noise, like, transmutes to ours... It changes. Maybe they're all out over there doing their woo-woos. I know. bet they're all out texting. <laughs> it's quiet. They won't Anyway, They're probably just, like, well-adjusted enough to not need to stay behind. Hopefully. I don't think that's true because there's still no, violent death. No, it's absolutely death. not true. Oh, yeah. And there's absolutely... We absolutely have unfinished business on this, on this plane. Yes. Actually, they're probably all just relieved they don't have to pay off their student loans anymore. <laughs> yes. They'd be like, haha, my unfinished business can stay unfinished, ya bish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God I am free of this. Anyway, so my good thing, um, I, uh, let's hear it. I think it, it, I know I made fun of him before for having a bleeding heart, but I like that Kurt does show emotion and, it's not, I don't think he suffers as much from toxic masculinity as some of the other characters. Like Tom, Tom's character, definitely like he wants to prove himself. He wants to be like top dog working on the tough cases, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't think about the victims as much, at least in this episode with what we've seen. But like yeah. Kurt, um, he, he does appear more sympathetic. He he does show some emotions. I mean, he cries in the end. Yeah, and it's insane. it's not like it's treated as a bad thing. The dad's not like, oh, fuck up, man, blah blah blah. Like he's like, the dad is also like more empathetic towards him. Um, but you know, he's not super gun happy. He carries a gun this whole time. We see it once. He puts it down pretty much immediately. Um, so. I think that his version of masculinity isn't the worst. There you go. All right. Yeah. And I like his phone. That's All right. My- uh, anybody have any further notes? 
Well, That's we need to. <laughs> That's not enough, Mac. Come on. I I, I was actually trying to remember in 2008 what kind of phone I had, and I'm pretty sure it was still my red flip phone. But it might have been the Palm Pixie. I had a flip phone in 2008. That was when I got my first text message. <laughs> Me too! What was your first text message? That's how uh, It was Dad saying, hey, we have text there. messaging now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mac, what, no, what is your good thing? My good thing was going to be, like, I really like the emotional contrast that he spent this entire episode just, like, not really showing too much emotion. I mean, it, he clearly cares about stuff, but uh, he, he only, like, reveals himself as... Uh, Reveals himself as, like, emotionally vulnerable at the end with his dad. That was going to be my thing, but then you mentioned it. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I like their phones. And I will say, I do. I forgot he did get super angry with the widow, and I don't like that. Like, he let his... Emotions. Get the best of him. The first time or the second time? In a negative way. I don't know. I don't remember. The first time he got too angry for someone who's just found out her husband is dead. But the second time, I felt a little bit better about his anger, just because, like, she clearly knew her husband was abusing her daughter and did nothing, and tried yep. to hide it from him, and tried to say, yep. like, get out of my house. So I feel his anger at that point was justified. Yeah, like, he did lash out too much, but but we're not perfect. <laughs> um. Okay, So we, but we need to rate this stab-wise. Oh, First yeah. All, um, penises. I did Lots a of them. penises. Uh, well, no, less than you would think. I mean, more than, than normal. But yeah, I, I, I get where you're going. So, in terms of, I chose anyone who had a speaking role. Unless they were like in the weird subspace of like, like that woman with the two kids in the parking garage, I did not count her. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah. it was kind of like a dream, dreamy, I don't know. But there were 12 men and 11 women. Which I thought was pretty cool. And even the in the lab, like you have the chief, you have the other police officer, you have the woman in the lab who's helping. Like yeah, and then you've got obviously like mothers and daughters and sex workers and stuff. Yeah, which I is of d- course uh, the only thing women can be, right? Yeah. But over overall, I'd give this thing six stabs. I did not personally, I probably won't continue watching it just because it's so heavy in terms of like drama and starkness and like, like I had to watch an episode of Take My Wife after it just to be like, all right, let's watch something that's slightly happier. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cameron Esposito. Oh, dude, it's such a good show. Um, I just got the second season, so that's what I was doing. Um, but anyway, in terms of it just being a murder mystery, like, I'd probably go for, like, a five or a six. Like, I really didn't, wasn't confident in who did the killings, and they did kind of take you down a couple different pathways of figuring out how everything's connected and how that, so the actual crime part, I found was very good. I would give the show as a whole, like, the episode as a whole, two, just because I hated it, but um, with the... like the murder mystery aspect of it. I don't like that. I, I, I'd have to look into it more, but I don't think that scalping is supposed to release a soul. 
uh, maybe there are I some. I think it depends on the tradition and the tribe because they're all different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, but also, there's no. Isn't there a... no evidence that that was actually really a thing? Like that was just like well, propaganda in the 1800s. I mean, it depends on which tribe. I mean, the one that is most closely associated with scalping was the Apache tribe, and there's still some debate over whether that was just something that they did inherently. Or whether that was something that European powers would often pay for, uh, depending on like, like they go to a tribe and say like, "Hey, if you kill a bunch of colonists from this enemy nation and bring us their scalps, we'll pay you per scalp." Or if it was like a, I don't know. It's it's all it's sort of fuzzy. Right. So I mean, I don't like that aspect of it, um, because I I feel like it was just appropriative and uh, like a. I don't want to say cheap, but but you want not, to say cheap, but cheap. I mean, it, it was like a I like mean, an would easy it have been cheap out in the nineteen ninety five. Yeah, I think so. Um, but like the the concept of you know the women being victimized and the brother trying to avenge his sister and like going about it so systematically pre planning things. Um, the, like the, like the case itself, I'd probably give it like a six, but the show, a two. Maggot? I was going to give the mystery part a seven, and then I don't really remember. I was fevered. (laughs) So... I, I'm just going to say seven as well for the show in general. Actually, no. I it couldn't really keep my attention, but <laughs> I can't really judge based on my mental state. So We'll um, give you a pass on this if you want. I'll just say seven for the mystery. Seven stabs. Wait okay, a minute. Right. What? what would this be? Seven scalps. Seven X murders. Seven <laughs> scalps. I feel seven. like a good one. Axe slashes. No, because it doesn't scalp everybody. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> is your... Are what? you a terrible person? Yeah! But I will kill you. People. Well, Maddie's getting a little less cogent, so I think I'm going to call the episode right here. Please uh, join us <laughs> next time, where we are going to be talking about something that I feel like quite a few of us will be excited about. Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. We'll be, watching, we'll, be, we'll be watching Season 1, Episode 10, titled Death by Misadventure. Uh, if you'd like to watch along, it is on Netflix and YouTube as well. I mean, maybe not uh, when this comes out in four yeah, years. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, entirely possible. Entirely possible. If you'd like to send, a, send us a message, if you have any suggestions, or if you just want to tell us what good jobs we're doing, uh, send us an email at mostlymurderbesidesnotgmail.com. So or uh, check us out on Twitter at MostlyMurderPod. And thank you again for listening, and everybody have a nice day. Have a lovely day. <laughs> have a lovely afternoon. I didn't know. I don't know how to sign out. What do I tell people? Don't scalp anyone? Yeah. yeah. Well, don't scalp anyone. Please don't no. scalp people. No murders, no scalping. Um, Don't set yourself on fire, please. Enjoy the rest of your day. Love to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 I'm stopping.